Turn with me, please, to the third chapter of the book of Galatians, and we're going to look down about verse 11 and read some verses to have as our lesson today. Welcome to everyone. So glad to have you as one of our listeners. So then, starting with verse 9, So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which were written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth unto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, he saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, that the, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Now I'm going to stop there and refresh your minds. God has made a covenant with Abraham that uh, because Abraham believed him, now you can go back to the 15th chapter, of the first, uh, sorry, of the uh, book of Genesis, and read about where Abraham believed God, and because of the belief that he had was so deep and personal, that God accounted it to him for righteousness. In other words, Abraham wasn't righteous, but he was declared righteous. And, you know, his account received this promise. It wasn't that he had, even after he was saved, it wasn't all those good works that Abraham did that uh, saved him or helped save him. It wasn't that at all. Now, let me tell you, Abraham was like the rest of us. Uh, he fell short. Uh, Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah. He said, she's not my sister. Well, she was halfway his sister. She was a half-sister. And, you know, by not telling the whole truth, he told a lie. So I just wanted to mention that to show you that our forefathers were not perfect. And the scriptures want us to see that they were not perfect but yet at the same time that God is and that when he makes a promise, he will keep it. 
And in this covenant that God made with Abraham, it was that the heathen would receive the blessing of Abraham. Now, Abraham believed God. That's like I told you a while ago. Uh, through the helping of the Holy Spirit, he was able to repent of his sins and trust fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this Bible says that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God for the just, those who God has declared to be just. The just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. In other words, he is just saying, if you claim to be a keeper of the law, then you're under obligation to do all of them, each one of them. But the faith is not of the law. And so I want to drop down here where uh, I want to dwell today, and that would be in the 15th verse of this third chapter. And he said, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth to. Now unto Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. Now, let me explain. God made a promise <clears throat> to Abraham that in his seed, not seeds, not a lot of uh, good men going to be born down through the centuries that would have some kind of assistance to give us uh, for our salvation. That was not it. But what we do have here is God making a promise and saying unto thy seed. Now remember, those of us who are of faith, who got saved through faith by grace, we are, not going to be, but we are, the children of Abraham. And so that goes not only for a Jew, but it goes for a Gentile as well. And so in order that the blessing might go on to the Gentiles, he didn't say, and to thy seeds, pearl, but unto thy seed, which was Christ. That was what God wanted us to know that through Christ this promise was made and it was made to the heathen or to the Gentiles. Now listen to how he explains this that ought to make every one of us who are saved just rejoice. I mean rejoice. Because here in the 17th verse he said and this I say that the covenant that was our promise, we're using it here now, that was made, let me say it again, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law 
which was 430 years after, cannot disannul. But it should make the promise that it should make the promise of none effect. Now, please understand this. If you understand the scripture that I just read in your hearing, you can go from here to your grave a very happy and satisfied Christian because he is saying here that that covenant that God made with Abraham, it, it was confirmed. Now, if you, if I ask you, what time is it? You say it's two o'clock. And I look on the wall, and by the way, there's a clock hanging up there, and it says it's 2 o'clock. Well, that confirms what we had just said. But this is more than that. This is a promise. And certainly, this blessing of Abraham uh, coming to the Gentiles, it, it, what a blessing. You know, when Jesus was here, and these Gentiles heard things he said, or things that Paul said on his missionary journeys, that it they were so thrilled, excited, because they saw that they were included in that covenant. And so it was confirmed before of God in Christ. Now how about that? There was an agreement. That's what that means. There was agreement between Christ and Abraham. I, I'm sorry, God the Father. There, there was a covenant that was agreed before the world began, and then God made this promise known to Abraham about his seed. Now, this that I read, verse 17, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. Now that's where that went. You, you, God didn't go out here and, and make that covenant with uh, Adam. Adam was a sinner. He didn't make it with me. I'm a sinner. He can't make it with you either because you're a sinner. But he could make it to his son. And so it was confirmed. Now then, he's saying that this I say, that covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after or later, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non effect. People, in effect, God is just saying, I rest my case. I'm righteous in bringing the Gentiles in. I'm righteous in saving people. And this covenant that I made with my son, it'll stand. Now, yes, the law came, and it demanded perfection from every man. They couldn't keep it. 
That's the reason we keep saying over and over about those Ten Commandments. They're good, and Paul said they're just, holy, and good. There's nothing wrong with them. It's not that. They're just something wrong with us. We're frail, weak creatures that has broken the law of God and therefore just leaving us, uh, what you might say, as beggars. We have nothing. But I thank God that in his son we have a great deal to look for when we get to heaven. He's saying that law was 430 years later. It cannot, it cannot change one thing that God promised. He didn't give a law to destroy what he had already said. That's not the way God does business. He made the law, uh, sorry, he made the covenant and then when the law was given, it was, it was given knowingly that man was not going to keep the law, but they had a promise. Everything rested on a promise. And so that's what we have faith in, isn't it? That Christ died for the ungodly, and by the grace of God, he tasted death for every man. And so if he died for me, then I am justified in believing that I have salvation through him. Now, if I turn my head away from Christ and the promise, and I look back on the law, saw that it was holy, just, and good, and I said, well, I'm going to live under this law. Well, that's what this just said that I wrote uh, that I read to you about they that live they that are of the law live or doeth the things shall live in them. In other words if you're going to choose the law as your salvation then you're on under obligation to keep every law seven days a week 24 hours a day and never breaking that law one bit, not even a tiny bit, not even a glance back at the world like Lot's wife did. That's all she did. She just glanced back, and she became a pillar of salt. God will not meddle. He will not tolerate sin. It doesn't matter who it is, what it is. God's holy. He's going to be worshipped as a holy God or he will not be worshipped at all. <clears throat> what about that? That law came 430 years later. I want to say in love with all my heart, God knows that's what I mean, that all of you out there that are church members and you know in your heart there's something wrong. You know your heart is bothering you. Your feelings, uh, your sleep. Sometimes you can't go to sleep of the night on account of that preacher, that other preacher. He's down, he's down there around your heart somewhere preaching and you can't go to sleep. 
I know when I was lost, I would tell him to hush. But he didn't listen to me. He just kept preaching that I was a lost sinner. And that's what he's telling you, that you are a lost sinner. Now, there's people out there that's lost. They don't care. They just don't care. They, they're going to hell in spite of everything uh, people can do to try to keep them out of there. I reckon they just mean to go when there's nothing you can do. It's the willing people. It's the volunteers that whenever the Spirit draws that they will come to Christ. And in coming to Christ, they confess their sins. They repent of them. They trust in Him for salvation because He's met the demands of the law that we could not meet. Not only that, God has given that promise in Christ and Jesus brought it up to the surface this way, you might say. He said, Now he that liveth and believeth in me shall never perish. Believest thou this? And they said, Yea, Lord. Well, I do too. I believe that. He that liveth and believeth in me, Christ, shall never perish. Now, he was talking to Martha and Mary. They had lost their brother, and he, he had come to Bethany to raise Lazarus back to life. And whenever he met the sisters, they were grieving, and the Jews were weeping. And Jesus said to these uh, sisters, he said, uh, Thy brother shall live again. The response was, Yea, Lord, I know he'll live again in the day of the resurrection. Listen, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He that liveth and believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh, how much I would desire for all of you that are listening to this program that you would embrace God's eternal pure word and trust in Christ. Just the word itself was not meant to be men's savior. It carries with it the conviction that men have to have to be saved. The Holy Spirit uses that word. The Holy Spirit is the author of our Bibles. And he's the author of conviction. He does that for us. He helps us. We're so weak and our little pitiful minds are so perverted by the fall. We just can't get in focus on anything. We can't see it clearly. But God sees, oh, how I thank him that he sees. Even whenever I'm making these little weak efforts like I'm trying to do now in trying to help you, the Lord knows I'm weak. He knows that I am not up to the job to do it like it really needs to be done. And there's many, many other God-called men 
that could do much better than what I'm doing. But I don't think they could love God any more than I do because I love him and he loves me. As I've said, we're friends. I walk with him. I talk to him. I trust him. Oh, I sing about him. I testify about him. I try to tell other lost sinners about his love and his saving grace. Oh, sinners, sinners, how I pray that you'll allow God to deal with your heart and let that promise that even the law itself cannot do away with. See, this this is a, a salvation that is a gift. Abraham hadn't done anything uh, to merit salvation back there in the 15th chapter of Genesis, did he? No, it just said that he believed God. And God accounted it unto him for righteousness. And so the law came on, not the next day, next week. It was 430 years later that the law entered. But you see, it didn't It didn't do any damage to the promise that Abraham had held so firmly. He had believed it so strongly in his heart. And it didn't bother him. I'm satisfied we have saved people all over the world that is listening to this. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to lay down the night and go to sleep peaceably where there's no worry about your salvation because you know the Lord has saved you. He's made you a promise. You repented of your sins and trusted in him and therefore he sealed your soul until the day of redemption. Redemption of the body. And so... It's not just me. It's not just all these people in the United States. we got a lot of people here that profess to be saved. I hope they are, but I don't believe it. And so we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author of it, that we trust in him. That's the reason he demands our, uh, our faith. To be in him. There's nowhere else to turn. And so as we look at this, there's another statement made in verse 18 that is a great blessing to me. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise but God gave it to Abraham by promise. I want to just hurriedly present you with something that came to my mind about these promises. Uh, you know, whenever uh, we read in the fifth chapter of Second Kings about here this poor leprous man couldn't get any cure he couldn't get help 
and so his Lord made him uh, a few gifts and sent it to the king of Israel who when he saw it and heard about it he was angered and so Elijah heard about it and he told the king don't don't be upset don't worry about this I'll take care of it send him over here well he did and whenever he came to Elijah's door he had his entourage with him and uh, Elijah was informed that uh, he was out there wanting to be healed well he didn't come out he didn't come out there and lay his hand on a, uh, him and tell him that everything was okay he could be healed like we see these false prophets on television all the time they're healing people when they're not healed they have been uh, worked up after these things are supposedly happened and a large number of the people that were supposed to be healed have died within a few weeks when they can go to a grave and say Lazarus come forth and he that was dead would come forth and take the napkin off his face and Jesus said loose him and let him go now, friend, when you get to where you can bring them out of the grave, you've got a strong believer right here. But otherwise, if you can't do it, I don't believe you one bit. But here we find that whenever this man was convinced that he's going to have to do what the man of God had said, he went down to the river of Jordan and he dipped seven times. Not six times. That wasn't enough. He had to go all the way. And that's the way it is with the Lord. You can't just come up halfway and think you're saved. No, sir. You got to go all the way with him. The point I wanted to make. All he had been given was a promise. That's what we were talking about a while ago that... Uh, God had promised Abraham that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him by his seed. Not seeds, but a seed, which was Christ. And of course he was talking about the Gentiles. And of course that's how we're saved, through faith by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And friend, if you're looking to your works, you're going to bust hell wide open, holding on to your precious little, feeble, dirty, uh, faithless works. I tell you, I'm glad, I'm so glad that there's incidents in the Bible just like this one where the, there was just a promise. That's all he had. And he acted on that promise. Well, what about me the night I got saved? What happened? Well, I heard the preacher say that Jesus had said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now listen. And he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. In other words, there's no way in this world I'll turn away anyone that'll 
come to me when the Father is dealing with him. Thank you for listening. My name is Brother Paul. And if you'd like to write and get a free CD, it's 2801. I'm sorry, 2701. Sample. S-A-M-P-L-E. Scales. S-C-A-L-E-S. Road. Homer. H-O-M-E-R. Georgia. 30547. USA. Friends, I hope you'll uh, listen to what has been said. Mull over it. Think about it. Go to your scriptures. Read your Bible. Let God be true and every man a liar. And I certainly want uh, his will done in everything and in every way. May God bless you next week.